Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place for the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Now, on this week's show, we're going to be looking at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers as they each head into their Week 12 matchups in the NFL. We look to provide all of you, once again, with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money in the betting market. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in. We're going to be starting with the Oakland Raiders as they travel to the East Coast to take on the New York Jets on Sunday afternoon. Now, for this game, the Raiders open up as a three and a half point favorite. That line has stayed relatively put as they are still at minus three and a half in most books, and the over/under is currently at 46 and a half. Now, last week the Raiders were able to get another home victory against the Cincinnati Bengals as they were able to win by the score of 17 to 10. That win brings the Raiders' record to six and four overall, which puts them a half game out of a tie for first place in the AFC West as they are currently trying to chase the Kansas City Chiefs, who have a bye this week. So if the Raiders are able to get the job done, then they will officially be in a tie for first place in the AFC West. Now in terms of what happened last week, Derek Carr solid once again, as he ended up completing 25 of his 29 pass attempts for 292 passing yards, with one passing touchdown and one interception, but he was also able to get a rushing touchdown, as that actually turned out to be the go-ahead score, and the Bengals were unable to catch up after that. Now, in terms of the rest of the game, Josh Jacobs had 23 carries for 112 rushing yards. He did lose a fumble, but overall he was still very successful as he averaged over 5 yards per carry. Uh, in terms of the receiving core, Darren Waller, great once again, 5 receptions for 78 uh, receiving yards. Hunter Renfro continues to you know, provide a spark after he was non-existent for the first month of the season or so, as he ended up having five receptions for 66 yards, and Tyrell Williams had four receptions for a team-high 82 receiving yards. The defense, once again, was fantastic, as it ended up having five sacks for the second straight week, and it was able to force uh, two turnovers. Now, against the Chargers a couple weeks ago, you ended up seeing one side of the defensive line shine with Cleveland Farrell, but on the other hand, this past week, you were able to see Max Crosby have his uh, main performance for the Raiders as he ended up having four sacks on his own. Cornerback Trayvon Mullen had one interception. The defense was great as a whole, and they will look to continue playing well 
in this game against the Jets offense that has struggled for the majority of the season. Now, in turn, now for the injury report, offensive tackle Trent Brown is still limited in practice. Center Rodney Hudson's also limited in practice. Running back Josh Jacobs, a new addition to the injury report, has been limited in practice. And defensive back Lamarcus Joyner did not practice due to a hamstring injury, and he is not expected to play in this game. Now, switching gears to the Jets, they were able to beat the Redskins on the road last week by the score of 34-17, to which brings their winning streak to two. The team as a whole is still 3-7, and seven, so there's no shot at the team making the playoffs, but they've pretty much sabotaged their draft stock at this point as they were in the running for the first pick in the draft a couple weeks ago. But ever since the front office declared Adam Gase's job safe with the organization, the Jets have actually responded. Although it was against the Giants and the Redskins, this team has been playing a lot better lately, and they will look to keep it rolling against the Raiders on Sunday. Now, for last week's stats, Sam Darnold, uh, quarterback, he's had some up and downs this season. Last week was very good, though, as he ended up completing 19 of his 30 pass attempts for 293 passing yards with four passing touchdowns and one interception. Running back Le'Veon Bell struggled in terms of yards per carry, but he was able to get into the end zone as he had 18 carries for 59 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Now, one of the big surprises for the Jets offense has been the emergence of tight end Ryan Griffin, who was great once again last week as he had five receptions for 109 receiving yards with one receiving touchdown. Uh, Also, another thing to mention with the Jets passing game has been the emergence of wide receiver Jamison Crowder, who they signed during the offseason after he spent the majority of his career with the Redskins before that. He ended up having five receptions for 76 receiving yards last week against his former team in the Redskins with one receiving touchdown. That's important to mention because of the fact that Crowder has actually had a receiving touchdown in three straight games, and he will look to extend that streak against the Raiders' questionable secondary. In terms of the Jets' defense, their defense has been terrible all year long, but it was actually really good last week as it was able to get six sacks and it allowed just 3.7 yards per play. Leading the way from the Jets' pass rush was surprisingly safety Jamal Adams, who ended up recording three sacks on his own. Kind of surprising to see a guy in the secondary who's been blitzing uh, more and more in Greg Williams' aggressive style of defense, but it clearly worked out as Adams was unstoppable getting to the quarterback, and he will look to continue to get after the quarterback on Sunday and try to tackle Derek Carr multiple times in the backfield. Now, for the Jets' injury report, offensive tackle Kelvin Beecham has actually been very solid this season. He was limited in practice, and he is expected to play in this game. Linebacker C.J. Mosley has been out for pretty much the entire season. He's played a handful of games, but he still has not practiced due to a groin injury, and he is not expected to play in this game. I would list him as doubtful, but that's probably even optimistic in its own right. He will not play. And defensive lineman Henry Anderson, who was able to record a sack last week, was limited in practice, and he is expected to play. Now, in terms of the uh, trends here, the home team is 8-2-1 against the spread in their last 11 meetings, and the Raiders are 3-8 against the spread in their last 11 road games. For my prediction, I do think the Raiders will find a way to win but I think the Jets will be able to cover this spread. My prediction for the score is Raiders 23, Jets 20, which means that I like the Jets plus 3.5, and and I like the under 46.5 points as well. Now, the main reasons why I like this, first of all, general rule of thumb, you like to fade the West Coast teams as they travel to the East Coast, and you like to fade the East Coast teams as they travel to the West Coast. I think that applies here. The Raiders, although they are 6-4, they have been terrible on the road this season as they are 1-3 on the road. Jets have been playing good football. 
Their defense, along with the Raiders, have struggled at points this season, but they have looked better lately. The Raiders have the superior offensive line, which I think will matter in terms of why the Raiders will win this game. But Darnold's looked really solid lately. The Raiders' pass defense has been pretty bad, with the exception of the pass rush over the last two weeks. I think the Jets should be able to uh, make it difficult for the Raiders to you know, get off the field on defense. The weather is supposed to be a problem as it's supposed to be raining in the 40s. So I think this game will be on the lower scoring side. And I think the Raiders have a better offensive line than the Jets do. But both teams have been very stout against the run. So I think you should see both teams try to slowly and methodically move the ball in the pass game. Which is an issue for the Raiders because their drives tend to take up a lot of clock. If they only beat the Bengals by 7. They squandered some opportunities due to some missed field goals as well as some turnovers in plus territory. Just defense is capable of forcing some turnovers. Carr's been efficient with the ball, but the Raiders don't exactly have many big plays any single game. They like to slowly and methodically move the ball, which should lead to less points. I think the Jets should be able to hang around. I think it's very interesting that a 6-4 and four team for this game is only laying 3.5 points to a team that's 3-7. and seven. I think that line is very telling. I think the Jets will keep this closer than people anticipate. I do think the Raiders will win, but this game should be very close. So I'll lean to the Jets plus 3.5, and, and I will lean to the under 46.5, as I think this game will end with a victory for the Raiders by the score of 23-20. However, if you want more information about the Raiders exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Jets. If you're also interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Now switching gears, talking about the San Francisco 49ers, as they get to play the Green Bay Packers in a very high-profile matchup on Sunday Night Football, and it will be taking place at home for the 49ers. The 49ers open up as four-point favorites. They're currently down to three, and the over-under has skyrocketed from 44 to 47 and a half. Now, last week, the 49ers did manage to beat the Cardinals by the score of 36-26 at home. Score's a little bit misleading as the game was very close before a garbage-time touchdown with no time left. So the 49ers really won the game by four. But either or, they were trailing in the fourth quarter. Garoppolo led the team to a touchdown drive, which culminated in a receiving touchdown for Jeff Wilson Jr. And the 49ers' defense was able to hold as the 49ers got themselves a victory. That gave them a little bit of cushion in the division against uh, in their race against the Seahawks for an AFC West title. Now, uh, recapping what happened last week, Jimmy Garoppolo completed 34 of 45 pass attempts for 424 passing yards with four passing touchdowns and two interceptions. The two interceptions is a bit of a concern, but he has torched the Cardinals on both meetings this season for a total of eight passing touchdowns, and he will look to keep it going through the air against the Packers on Sunday. In the ground game, Tevin Coleman only had 12 carries for 14 rushing yards, and Raheem Mostert had 6 carries for 13 yards. As a team, the 49ers had 19 carries for 34 rushing yards, which is equivalent to 1.8 yards per carry, and they had 0 rushing touchdowns. The ground game was the strength of this team for the majority of the season. However, in the last couple of weeks, the ground game has completely fallen apart, and Kyle Shannon will definitely need to go back to the drawing board trying to reinvigorate this ground game. Look for them to potentially do that against Green Bay on Sunday. Now, for the passing game, wide receiver Debo, Debo Samuel was fantastic, as he had eight receptions for 134 receiving yards. He's currently a bit banged up, but he has been great whenever he has been on the field this season, and he will look to continue contributing for the 49ers pass attack whenever he is 
uh, on the field. In terms of some other people, uh, fullback Kyle Juszczyk was a surprising contributor in the passing game as he had seven receptions for 63 receiving yards. Look for him to potentially continue producing in the passing game due to all the injuries that the 49ers have to deal with, particularly around the tight end and wide receiver positions. In terms of the backup tight end, Ross Dwelly, who did take the place of George Kittle and started, Dwelly only had four receptions for 14 receiving yards, but he was a huge threat in the red zone as he had two receiving touchdowns. Now for San Francisco's defense, it was very solid last week as it had four sacks and two fumble recovers, including that garbage time touchdown with no time left on the clock that impacted some people on the spread. If you ended up back in the 49ers, you might have ended up winning because of that fumble recovery for a touchdown on the hook and ladder play on the final game, on the final play of regulation. It's still a bit concerning that they gave up 26 points. They came out flat as they ended up trailing 16-0 early on. But the 49ers did what they had to do. They were able to rally the troops, and they were able to get the job done, which is all that matters in the end. Now, for the injury report, a lot to go over here for the 49ers. This team has been banged up over the last couple of weeks, and it has actually gotten even worse. Running back Matt Breida has not practiced due to an ankle injury. Tight end George Kittle has not practiced due to a knee and an ankle injury. Wide receiver, wide receiver Devo Samuel has not practiced due to a shoulder injury. Wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders has not practiced due to a rib injury. Tackle Joe Staley has not practiced due to a finger injury. Defensive end D. Ford has not practiced due to a quad and hamstring injury. And kicker Robbie Gold has also not practiced this week due to a quad injury. All of them are expected not to play in this game. Kittle currently has been listed as doubtful. I think some of these people could go. Samuel could go. Sanders could go. But as a whole... They're all either doubtful or not going to play, so the 49ers might be a bit shorthanded when it comes to their roster against the Packers, and they might need to make some roster moves in order to deal with all of these potential absences. But overall, they're still a very solid team, and they will look to give it all they got at home against the Packers on Sunday night. Now switching gears to the Packers, they actually did not play last week. They had a bye, but they were able to beat the Carolina Panthers two weeks ago at home by the score of 24-16, which culminated in that Christian McCaffrey run that got stuffed at the one-yard line with no time remaining. And now for the stats, quarterback Aaron Rodgers really didn't do much against Carolina as he ended up completing 17 of 29 pass attempts for 233 passing yards with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. Some of that had to do with the weather as it ended up turning into a blizzard halfway through the third quarter, and both teams struggled a bit to throw the ball due to the slippery field, and just the poor weather conditions as a whole. Uh, wide receiver Devontae Adams was very solid as he ended up having seven receptions for 118 receiving yards. Running back Aaron Jones was great once again this season, uh, was great once again uh, uh, two weeks ago as he has been a huge piece in this Packers offense as he ended up having 13 carries for 93 rushing yards with three rushing touchdowns. And running back Jamal Williams had 13 carries for 63 rushing yards. Packers have done a really good job of balancing the work between these two backs. I can't really describe either of them as a thunder and a lightning because of the fact they're both relatively similar stylistically, but both players have been crucial to the Packers' success, and they will continue producing in the ground game as well as the passing game moving forward on Sunday night. Green Bay's defense was also very solid in that game as it had three sacks and it forced two turnovers. You could argue potentially three turnovers as... The last, game, the last play of the game was a stuff with no time remaining, so technically they did what they had to do late in the game. That doesn't count as a turnover, but they did uh, stuff the Panthers on the goal line multiple times as, as they were able to 
keep the Panthers out of the end zone in route to a much-needed home victory, as they still have the Vikings breathing down their necks in the division, but the Packers are currently still in first place. Now, for the injury report, Packers are extremely healthy. The bye week definitely helped in terms of their injury report. Pretty much everybody was a full participant, with the exception of a couple of people. Jimmy Graham did not practice and Traymond Williams did not practice, but both of those are due to veteran rest, so it's not injury-related. Both of them will play in this game. The one injury that is worth reporting, though, is a wide receiver Devontae Adams, who is still dealing with a toe injury. He was a limited practice on Wednesday. He is expected to play, but due to the limited practice tag, he is considered questionable. Other than that, though, for the trends, the 49ers are 3-1-1 against the spread in their last five games following an ATS loss. And the Packers are 1-3-1 against the spread in their last five games following a bye week. Now, for the prediction, I will be taking the San Francisco 49ers at home. And I think this game will be really close, but I think the 49ers will win by the score of 27-23, which means that I like the 49ers minus 3 as well as the over 47.5. Now, the reasons why I like this spot, I know that the 49ers are dealing with a ton of injuries, but... Something about Green Bay, I'm just not sold on them. I'm not really sure what it is. The offense, I know they like to run the ball. 49ers have a really good defensive front. I think they will force Green Bay to throw the ball in the air. But 49ers defense is a top two unit in the entire league. Green Bay off a bye historically has not been great. And I think that this game should be closed. Garoppolo, even though he has had some turnover issues, was extremely solid when it came to moving the ball last week. Hopefully he can build some confidence on that. But I think the 49ers should, will be able to get the ground game working again. I think this game will be close throughout, but I think the 49ers will make enough plays defensively to get Aaron Rodgers off the field as the 49ers will look to run the ball down Green Bay's throats. Uh, I think that this game will be a nail-biter. It will come down to the end, but I think the 49ers' defense will make a hold late, and I think that the 49ers will be able to extend their division lead. So for me... I will take the 49ers minus 3 and the over 47 and a half. If you, if you want more information, though, about the 49ers exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, a quick reminder, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Other than that, though, that's going to do it for this installment of Betting Bay Area here on Thursday, November 21st. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.